hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. For the last few weeks, we have been uh, in a series called Going All the Way, Going All the Way, and uh, it's been a series that I've really enjoyed, and we've got one more week of it, not, not this week, this week is uh, just uh, the, almost the end, but one more week after this week, and we will be done uh, with this series, but we have been excited about uh, preaching it and uh, speaking it and teaching it, and I, hopefully you've learned something from it. Um, But here's the whole idea. The idea of the series is this, going all the way. Now, the first thing that we looked at, and I'm going to recap a few things to catch some of you guys up, but the first thing that we looked at was the benefits, right, of not going all the way sexually until you're married, right? We talked about that very first, and we talked about some misconceptions about, you know, having sex before marriage. And then we talked about the benefits, again, of not going all the way. So we, talked, we looked at the misconceptions, and then we looked at the benefits. Last week, we began a uh, look at the second part of the series. And here's the second purpose of this series. It's to assure, listen, it's to assure that your marriage will go all the way, Right? And so last week we looked at the first, one of the greatest keys to assure that your marriage is going to go all the way is what? Anybody remember? Anybody here last week? Friendship. Good job. Friendship. And you say, well, what's that about? I mean, again, is this like a self-help type of message? No, it's not. It's directly from the Word of God. And here's the truth about friendship. You will never be in true friendship with your wife or your husband unless you have a friendship with Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, that's where it starts, right? And so you got to have a friendship with Christ before you can have a friendship, a true friendship that goes all the way in marriage. And so that's what we looked at last week. Um, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, that's kind of what we looked at. Uh, Don't be, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interest of others. And we looked at the killers of friendship and the keepers of friendship. If you missed that message, you can look at it on, or listen to it online, thousandhillsranchchurch.com. Uh, it's a great, uh, it was a great message. I believe my wife did an awesome job at that um, message. Well, today we are going to continue our look at the second part of the purpose. How do we assure that our marriage will go all the way? How do we assure that? Well, today we're going to pick on the women. Yeah. Ladies first. Just ladies first. Week. We're going to get the ladies out of the way. Today, men, it's probably a uh, word to the wise not to say amen very much. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out here, but um, today may, may not be the wisest thing, um, but we'll see. Um, today, we're going to look at, at, uh, at a women's role in, in a marriage and how women can do their part to make sure that their marriage goes all the way. Uh, I want to look at a scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, if you've got your Bibles, if you don't, it'll be on the screen. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 uh, through 33. Look, look at it as I read it. It says, And further, submit one another out of reverence for Christ. 
For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, talking about Christ, the church, uh, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25, for husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her a holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Verse 28, then the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are all members of his body. And then verse 31, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And then this is the key verse. Listen to this verse. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and a wife must respect her husband. <laughs> oh, what a day it's going to be. This is going to be awesome. I'm so looking forward to this. Well, today, here's the, here's, the, here's the deal. The main point that we want to get across today, and Heather's going to do, be uh, doing most of the speaking here in just a minute, but here's the main point. Women, listen. You are called by God. The key verse, again, at the very end there, you are called by God to respect your husband. Can I get some amens from the wives, at least? Can, can, I, can I get a little bit more? I mean, the wives, come on now. Again, the men are going to be silent today. I mean, they're pretty much always silent anyways. But the women can say amen. Now, here's the thing. You might be thinking, well, what does it look like and what does the Bible teach about women and respect? Women and respect, or maybe even the word submit. You know, uh, the truth is this, and I always go back to this, and you know where I'm going at the first. Before, listen, ladies, before you can respect and truly love your husband, you have to love Jesus. Um, here's the thing. You know, you may be thinking, well, I love my, my husband. I love him. Uh, and, and maybe you're just young and you haven't been married very long and he hasn't messed up. <laughs> but here's the truth. Here's the truth. I'm going to give you some examples. And here's the thing that I, that I want to, to get across. Maybe your husband has yet to do this, but some, at some point, he's going to do something that's undeserving of your respect. Right? <laughs> amen. I can get all the amens on that. But here's the thing. Let me give you some examples. Maybe you had a father who was a jerk. And he didn't treat your mom right, and you uh, learned that maybe that idea, and maybe your maybe your your mom or your yeah your mom, it, you know she didn't respect your dad, and you've brought that into your marriage. Listen, it's only through Christ that you can get rid of those wrong feelings, right? 
It's only in Christ. Maybe uh, you've been married or you're married to someone who is a jerk, and it's hard to respect him. Maybe they're not here. Maybe they're here today. Maybe they're just a flat-out jerk. They don't take you you serious. They don't respect you at all. Here's the truth. It's only through Christ that you can move past that and, and have a great marriage. I mean, that's the truth. Uh, I'll give you another, for instance. Maybe, you know, and here's the question. What happens when your husband um, allows or does something that, uh, that allows your child to get hurt? I'm moving away from my wife on this one. Let me, I'll, I'll give you an example. What happens when your husband says, you know what, that, uh, I'll get you this right here so you can sit down. Is that sweet? Come on now. Um, what happens when your husband makes a ramp <laughs> for the four-wheeler? And gets your five-year-old on the four-wheeler and says, go for it, son. <laughs> and then your, your five-year-old, you know, wrecks the four-wheeler and breaks his arm. It hasn't happened yet. To that our, was not a personal example. No, that wasn't a personal example. But here's the thing. At some point, you may go, well, that was the dumbest decision that you made. And you may lose respect because your kid got hurt, Right. I mean, again, maybe you have a husband that has made a foolish mistake. Maybe he's made a foolish mistake with another woman. Maybe he's looked at stuff online and he's gotten caught. Listen, it's only through Christ that you are going to be able to forgive him and move forward in your marriage. That's the truth. It's only in Christ. And again, all of these examples that I just gave you, they're, they're complicated. A lot of them, you know, are sticky situations. But here's the truth, women. It's God's will for you to respect your husband. It's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And you say, well, why? Well, here's the truth. You ought to respect your husband for the love of your husband and for the glory of God. It's for the love of your husband and the glory of God. Now, here's the truth, and, and we like to speak honest at, at Thousand Hills, so we like to pull out all the, all the thoughts that maybe you're thinking. And here's the truth. For many women, the word respect or the word submit, uh, it, it brings about bitter thoughts and anger <laughs> in, your, in, your, in your heart. Um, because here's, here's the thing. There, there are many factors that maybe kind of come into this lack of, of respect for men. And I'll give you a few more examples. The media. I believe that the media has castrated most men and taken away their masculinity, taken away their bravery, taken away their chivalry, and they've made them into these passive pushovers that a lot of women don't respect. Right? And so you may be thinking, well, that's my husband, you know, he's, he's been, you know, I said castrated, that's probably not the right word, but, um, but I believe that it's true. And, and the media has created this guy that has, has, doesn't know his role, that can't figure it out, doesn't know where he stands with his wife, and they've messed it all up. Here's the other thing. Many of the men, again, many, many of the men have taken on this idea that the culture is selling, and they become these passive pushovers. And they're not real men. They're not taking their role seriously. Here's the thing. Above all else, women, you are called to respect them no matter what attitude that they have. Right? I mean, seriously. I mean, if you think about it, that's what God is called all women to do. Now, here's the thing. Here, God has intended 
a, a specific role for the man and a specific role for women. And again, the culture has confused these roles in so many ways. And again, some women hearing this today, you're saying, no man is going to rule over me. No man is going to, you know, to be over me. I don't respect any man. Here's the thing. There are a lot of women that may be here today and you've got a chip on your shoulder. It's okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Some of you guys have maybe have a chip on your shoulder. Maybe, maybe you're bitter because your ex-husband, you know, didn't respect you and did you wrong. Maybe you're bitter. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with some struggles in your life, and, and maybe you have this chip on your shoulder, and maybe that's why you're still single. Maybe that's why you're not happy in your marriage. Maybe you, you've got this attitude that, 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 you know, I'm, you know, better than him, or, you know, I, I, he's not better than me. Listen. Can I just set the record straight? A lot of women, and again, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble today, but that's all right. I stay in trouble, right? I believe that a lot of women, they confuse equality and role. Do you see what I'm saying? I think a lot of women think that men are male chauvinist pigs. Can I get an amen? Some of them are, right? Some of them are, but can I just set the record straight? Can I just set the record straight real quick? Women and men are equal. Can I get, a, can I get an amen on that? Guys, that would have been a good time. <laughs> Guys, come on. <clears throat> men and women are equal. And I want to set the record straight because, you know, you come to a cowboy church and you think, well, all these men, oh, they just lord it over their wives and they call up this verse all the time. And you, you're supposed to submit to me. The Bible says, listen. Men and women are equal. Women should be paid just as much as men. <laughs> See, I'm going to win some favor back. I'm going to get the favor back from the women. Women should have a chance to be the president of any business or even our country. Some women aren't probably qualified to be, <laughs> but some men aren't qualified to be either. Here's the other thing. Men and women should both have a voice. They should have a voice. Now, here's the point. I, and, and you say, well, why is that? Here's the truth. Because God created men and women equally. Man didn't create woman. God did. And Jesus Christ died for both men and women. He died for him. And you say, well, okay, well, here's the, here, let me point this out as well. If there was a case for someone, one gender to be um, favored over the other, it would be women. I mean, you think about Jesus's ministry on earth. Uh, you know, how did God choose to bring his son into the earth? A woman. I mean, you think about it. He could have pulled Superman and he could have brought, you know, his son on a meteor. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't. Guess who he chose? He chose Mary. I mean, you, you look at, you know, Jesus's life. How, how did God or how did, how did uh, Jesus choose to reveal himself after he resurrected from the dead? He chose a woman. Who did he give the idea to go and tell the disciples that he had resurrected from the dead? He chose a woman. So this idea that men and women aren't equal is a lie. But men and women have different roles. 
God-given roles since the beginning of time. And just because you're the president, women, just because you're the owner of a business, just because you, you're the boss lady, doesn't mean that you shouldn't respect your husband. You should, no matter who you are. And you can, and God will bless it. So here's the thing. Today, we're going to talk about how women are called to respect their husbands. Next week, we're going to talk about how men are called to love their wives, okay? So be back next week. Now, let me set the record straight on this as well. Let me say what respect is not. You ready? Respect is not her being a doormat. Respect is not her going along with everything that I say. Just agree with me every time. That's not what respect is. Respect is not having a voice. It's, it's having a voice. You know, respect is not being a thoughtless woman who's just submissive and grows her hair really long. Listen, women should have their opinion. Women should have their ideas. And women should be able to voice those no matter what, right? But it's in the way that they do it that is either disrespectful or respectful. You see what I'm saying? It's in reverse as well. It's the way that I talk to her that's either disrespectful or respectful. Respect is this. Respect is her having my back. Respect is her supporting me, not being against me. Respect is her encouraging me as a husband. Respect is her honoring me as her husband and admiring me and submitting to me. Right? And you say, well, what's that all about? Well, I'm going to let her explain that. Because that's where I really get in trouble. And so, again, all women, are, all men are, are, you know, they all have room to grow. Some have more room to grow than others, but all men deserve respect. Okay? All right. You got me all nervous now. I wasn't too nervous, but now I'm kind of nervous. So I need, I need you ladies to help me out a little bit, Okay. Love me today. Love me after this still, right? <laughs> um, well, like we do every week, or like Bo does every week, you know, before we move on, we always establish who our authority is, and that's Christ, and that's his word. And so hopefully you'll find that everything that we talk about today is straight out of the word of God, because I know that that's where I turn to for guidance. Um, it's not necessarily my husband all the time. I turn to the Lord first, obviously. And so just know that all of this comes from the word of God, and it's not just... Heather up here, a perfect submissive wife, because that is not true. Um, I think a lot of people think that, you know, it's easier for someone who's kind of quiet or has my personality to submit to their husband, but that's not the case. I exposed my pride, I think, last week and uh, let you all in on my dirty secret of the pride that I have. Um, but I have, I tend to befriend people who are opposite from me, so a lot of my girlfriends have strong personalities. And I have seen them um, display respect beautifully. And so I know that no matter what your personality is, you can, through the power of Christ, um, submit and respect your husband like we're called to do. So Ephesians 5.33, it says, So again I say, each man must love, love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So how do we respect our husbands? Well, there's hundreds and thousands of different ways that we can show our husband respect, and there's hundreds and thousands of ways we can show him disrespect. So obviously we're not going to be able to touch on all of those today. But and I want you to keep in mind that what looks like respect for my husband 
might not look like respect for your husband. Every man is different, and they're all wired differently just like we are, so what's important to him may not necessarily be important to your husband, so the best way to find out is to ask. I know it's a scary question, but just to say, hey, babe, what shows you respect, or what do I do maybe that I don't even realize that I do that causes you to feel disrespected? So, the, you know, the most important thing that you can do is just to ask him. Um, I think... Uh, our husbands are like us. They have those quirky little things that, that drive them nuts. For my husband, uh, in our pickup, we have our console, you know, Be that careful. comes down. And if I don't shut that all the way, it drives him nuts. And I'm like, what? Anybody with me? What you know is the little the big console deal? that's in the middle of your pickup right there? I mean, she'll just, like, set it down, and then it's, like, halfway cracked like this. Is that my OCD coming out or what? Does anybody else have that problem? Anybody else? It ticks you off, yeah. I mean, it's like, can you not shut that thing all the way? But then, so he doesn't understand why the dirty <coughs> underwear on the floor, bo- you know, bothers me. So, everyone has their <laughs> has their their quirks, and so if they're important, we need to respect them mutually. But right. um, we That's need to right. respect those. But today, we're going to focus in on three overarching ways that I feel we can submit to our, or that we can respect our husbands. And respect and submit, they kind of go hand in hand, but today we're going to focus mainly on respect because I didn't want everyone to hate me too much. (laughs) Um, So, number one, if you're taking notes, and I think these are huge. Um, The Lord impressed these on me. I did lots of reading, and this is what He showed me, and so I hope that these speak to you as well. But number one, we respect our husband with our head. We respect our husband with our head. And you might be thinking, what in the world does that mean? Um, I think that we can show our husband disrespect with our thoughts. Because we can keep those to ourselves, right? So we can think these negative thoughts about our husband all day long, and he might not necessarily even know about them. Um, And I know that of all the three things that I'm going to share today, this is probably the one that I struggle with the most um, because I'm not a real (coughs) vocal person, and so I keep things inside a lot. And so for me, I struggle with um, my thoughts towards my husband. And some of those thoughts might be, you know, I can't believe he just did that. Like if he were to put Hank on a four-wheeler over a ramp, I would be thinking, you're an idiot. Um, I would be thinking, what in the world are you thinking? I wish you were more like so-and-so. So these are just some, you know, do you expect me to do everything, you know, at the same time? Like, you know, these are some thoughts that can run through our heads. And a couple weeks ago um, on Valentine's Day, we had a glorious fight on Valentine's Day. And fight. You know, he, Did you hear that word? It was fight. a fight. It wasn't just an argument. It wasn't a disagreement. It was a full-blown, I felt in all three things that I'm going to talk about today, fight. He said some things that hurt my feelings, um, and immediately I you know, started thinking some very mean thoughts about my husband. I've, <laughs> I've, I've asked for forgiveness, so it is all fine now. But just know that we obviously fight, um, hopefully just like you do. But Anyways, in our minds, this is where all these things start. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And you might be thinking, well, the negative things I think about my husband are true. When the verse said, whatever is true, dot, 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 think about such things, right? Well, it also says, whatever is praiseworthy. So I can guarantee you if that negative thought, even if it is true, it's not praiseworthy for you to dwell on it and to think about it, um, about your husband. And then, you know, 
again, here at Thousand Hills, we don't like to just expose the truth, but we like to tell you how to change or explain how the Lord wants us to change. And we have to, again, turn to the word. 2 Corinthians 10.5, and I have this verse memorized, but it tells us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So when we begin to think those negative thoughts or those mean and hateful thoughts about our husband, we have to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And this is what it looks like for me. It's kind of like if you're in a fire, you know, what did we learn as a kid? What do you do? Stop, drop, and roll, okay? Well, mine is stop, pray, and replace. First, I have to stop and realize that I'm thinking these thoughts. Second, I have to pray. And when I pray, I don't just pray, Lord, take away these thoughts, take away these thoughts, take away these mean thoughts. Because then I just start thinking about it more. I have to replace those thoughts. I have to begin to think um, praiseworthy things about my husband. Because believe it or not, there are some, right? If you chose to marry him, there was something that you liked, whether it was his work ethic, whether it was the way he looks in his Wranglers. I don't care what it is. Begin to think about those things that are excellent and praiseworthy about your husband. Um, my husband is a, is a hard worker, and he provides for my family. That's excellent and praiseworthy, and I can replace that negative and hateful thought with that. My husband is a great father. He... Um, intentionally, you know, spends time on the floor with the kids wrestling around. You, you know, begin to think about those positive things. And prayer, again, is the key. And like Bo said, this is only done through the power of Christ. So to, to be able to overcome these things is only done through his power. I can't do it myself. I mean, I can guarantee you that. It's only through the power of Christ. Um, and so I encourage you to pray for your husband, pray for his daily activities, pray for the meetings he's going to have that day at work, for, pray for the patients he's going to see, pray for um, whatever his line of work is, just pray specifically for your husband. And, and like Bo said, you know, that's something that we have um, fallen into a, a bad routine of, that we don't pray for each other like we should, and that's something that we're working on as well. And as you begin to do that, I think that the Lord honors your heart, and he honors that desire to change, and he will begin to help you with those thoughts. So, and I, dis- and Let me say this as well, and this works for both sides, men and women. When you pray for them, tell them that you're praying for them. I mean, a lot of times we, we pray for each other, but we don't ever tell them that we're praying for each other. And so it's important to share that. Say, babe, I'm praying for you today. Send her a text or send him a text. Say, hey, I prayed for you this morning. I'm praying that you have a great day. I'm praying that the kids act well today. I mean, that's always encouraging for a mother, you know. And when she says, hey, I'm praying for you, I love you, those are great encouraging words that I need to hear. Even though she's still doing them, I want to hear those. And she wants to hear those as well. So share that as well. So disrespect, I believe, starts in our head, but then it moves to our heart. So number two is we respect our husband with our heart. And if we have disrespectful thoughts about our husband, we begin to have bitterness in our hearts. And that affects every area of our life. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything that's in here spews out, whether it's in our actions the way that our, you know, our body language is, um, it, it comes out in the way that we live, and it, our hearts dictate how we live. So if our heart is unhappy, if our heart is bitter, then we begin to live that out. Um, and I know for, for Bo, body language is one of the biggest ways that I can show him respect. And, and this is hard for me because I grew up, you know, again, very quiet, didn't engage in a whole lot of, like, you know, just conversations, I guess, or I mean, I did, but it was just with girlfriends or whatever, and so it, body language was never a, a big thing for me, and so I've learned that, like, when we're talking, he wants me to actually look at him. Is anybody like right. that? <laughs> anybody? Come on now. Don't leave me hanging. I mean, here's the truth, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example. When we're, when we're in the vehicle, a lot of times... 
Are you going to talk about that? Am I still in your story? Yes. Oh, okay, go ahead. Sit down. <laughs> I respect <coughs> you, but sit down. <laughs> so, uh, again, back to our Valentine's I like a strong woman. <laughs> back to our Talk Valentine's to me like that again. Day fight. I'm just kidding. Um, so we're in the car because we were in Texas, actually, at a church <coughs> conference, right? Isn't that great to... To have <laughs> Valentine's Day <laughs> fight? On Valentine's Day place. at a church conference, we're having this huge fight. Anyways, so we're in the truck on our like five and a half hour ride home and I'm <laughs> mad and he's hurt and I'm hurt and whatever. And um, does anyone else do this? I have my sunglasses on and he's sitting there talking to me and I'm like, he can't see anything because I'm just like doing this number with my sunglasses on. But that? I'm looking at him, you know, because that's respectful, right? So I'm like, oh, <laughs> whatever. So I'm, you know, rolling my eyes. I'm giving him the cold shoulder. I'm looking out the window instead of looking at him and I'm just like, what, you know, what did I marry him, what am I doing, you know, <laughs> all these thoughts again, and then my heart's getting bitter, and all these things, so, um, you know, I sometimes give him the silence, the silent treatment, when my heart is bitter, I'm, I'm rude, I can be very rude, um, and then this is huge, too, this just happened yesterday, don't you love, like, when the Lord's teaching you something, he always gives you these great examples, so, like, we're, <laughs> we're driving in the car, it might have been Friday, and he's talking to me, and I'm texting, you know, I'm texting on the phone. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Disrespect, right? Because, again, what's huge for him is body language and for me to actually engage when he's talking, and I'm texting on the phone. Do you ha- and you've probably experienced that even just with friends. Like, when you're talking to them and they're texting, do you really feel like they're listening to you 100%? You know? <coughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, again. That's disrespect. But here's the thing, and I, I tried to help my wife learn this. This is, no, but this is good. Listen, if she's got an important message that she needs to share with somebody, all she has to do is say, hey, Bo, can you give me just a second? I need to text this lady back real quick, and then you'll have my full attention. Right. That solves it, right? But if she's texting her friend saying, how, did you get your new hair color? That's not, that's not worthy of, you know, not listening to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Put the phone down and listen to your husband. Right. Amen, guys? Come on. (laughs) So, again, a lot of the actions that that we have come from our hearts, and if we don't get rid of it, it'll eat us up. That bitterness will. Um, And, and again, I love how the Lord just gives us verses to memorize when we're trying to work on these things. But Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. And, again, if you would write these verses down, I think that they will change your life. Um, This is another one I've had to memorize. But get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So the disrespect starts in our heads and moves to our hearts, and it uh, starts giving us all this bitterness. And so this is when we need to apply this verse. And then number three, and this is where I probably want to camp out today, um, so it starts in our heads, it moves to our hearts, but then it spews out of our mouth. So number three, we respect our husbands with our words. And again, this is straight from the word of God. Matthew twelve thirty four. for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, if our hearts are bitter and full of disrespect for our husbands, that's going to be evident in the words that we speak to him. We're going to lash out. We're going to tear him down. Um, and if, and if you guys are anything like Bo, if your husband's or anything like him, words are huge. He's a words of affirmation type of person. So when I'm uh, hateful with my words, that affects him and shows him, again, a lot of um, disrespect. 
But we, again, and, and Bo's going to talk about this next week, but just like we want to feel loved, our men want to feel respected. And so, re, and again, respect for your husband may look different from mine, but I can guarantee you that words are a huge part of showing him respect. And so here's some things that I think we struggle with when it comes to our words. We speak unkind words to our husbands. Sometimes it's what we say. Sometimes it's how we say it. And sometimes it's how we look when we say it. Amen. If we can have, you know, say the nicest words, but with the meanest and ugliest tone. We can say the nicest words, but have this look of disgust on our faces. So again, um, and again on our Valentine's Day blowout, uh, my words were very harsh. They were very short. Um, and, he, you know, it was just obvious that I was just mad. <laughs> right? Right. Right. Um, I got the hint. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's something I want to point out, too, and this, this hurts. But um, it's one thing for us to disrespect our husbands in private. That was in the privacy of our pickup. No one had to ever know about that. But we take disrespect to a whole nother level when we disrespect him publicly. Right. Um, when we speak unkind words about our husbands. And we do this to our girlfriends, right? And sometimes we even disguise it as ministry. Pray for us. My husband's about to drive me nuts. Um, he did this, this, and this. I can't believe it. And then she's like, I can't believe he did that either. What a jerk. Blah, blah, blah. You know? And then we just feed off of each other, right? We're good at just talking about it, our husbands and what he did and what he did wrong. And we're going back and forth. Well, my husband did this. And mine did this. I can top what he did, you know? And so it just is this vicious cycle that some women can, you know, we can get in trouble with. Um, another thing, we speak unkind words about our husbands to our parents. And here's the deal. When we talk to our parents... We, you know, we're going to move on from this fight. We forgive each other. We're fine. But our parents don't forget about that fight, okay? It's kind of like your kid at school. Someone says something mean to Madeline. I'm going to remember that kid, and I'm going to remember what they said to Madeline. <laughs> and I might be nice to that kid, but I'm going to be thinking, you little twerp. You know, I mean, you said something mean to my daughter. You hurt her feelings or my son, which may be even worse. And, and we remember those things. And so just remember when we, you know, I would just advise you, to have a godly woman. I have one in Texas that I call and I talk to, and sometimes I'm just going on about something, you know, and she'll just be like, Heather, you need to put your big girl panties on <laughs> and deal with this. This is not that big of a deal. Your husband is not having an affair. He's not this or that. You know, you can forgive him for hurting your feelings one time. You know, so it's good to have those women that are going to speak truth back into your life and tell you um, what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And so you need to have those friends in your life, again, and they need to be godly women because in our flesh we want to lash out, we want to tear down, we want to do all these things, but if we're trying to change, we need someone who's going to point out those things in us. Um, and then we also speak unkind words about our husband in public. We might humiliate him by announcing all the dumb things he's done, all the dumb decisions that he's made. Um, we might make a joke about him, and we think it's hilarious, and it embarrasses the fool out of him. And so we need to realize you know, what we say publicly about our husbands. And again, I have another verse, Ephesians 4.29. And if we would apply this verse to our lives and use it as a filter before what is in here comes out of here, this would, would change your life and stop 99% of the negative words that you say. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that they might benefit those who listen. This sums it up. I mean, we could stop here and be done. Um, before we speak, we need to ask ourselves, is what I'm fixing to say wholesome 
about my husband? Is it kind? Will it build my husband up? Will the person that I'm talking to think better of my husband because of what I'm saying? Will it benefit those that I'm talking to? Is what I'm saying beneficial to the person who's receiving it? And if the answer is no, then we don't need to say it. Um, and again, let me just say this as well. If you, your husband is doing something that you don't like, it's okay to tell him that. It's just in the manner and the attitude that you tell him that that makes it right or wrong. A lot of, again, a lot of people think, well, I can never share with him what he's doing wrong. No, share with him what he's doing wrong, but do it in a respectful way and do it in a moment that's not in the heat of the moment. You see what I'm saying? I mean, wait, maybe after the fight's over or, you know, or later on when you're eating lunch and, you know, you're in your home and you just say, you know what, I've been thinking about this and can I just make this suggestion so that we can maybe get along better in this area? And then just talk it through. If you never voice what you don't like, then he will never be able to fix it. You get it? I mean, men don't have ESP, we can't read minds, so you have to convey some things that we're doing wrong, or we may never get it, but again, it's in the way that you convey those things that shows disrespect or respect. And I think, too, along with that, um, Bo was a youth minister for like 15 years or something, and on his computer, he had this phrase taped up on there on a piece of paper, and it said, affirm before challenge. And I think that if we keep that in mind also, if we affirm him and say, man, you're awesome at doing this, but I'd really like it if you'd work on this, or when you do this, it hurts my feelings, or when you do this, I don't feel loved. I think the way that we approach it again makes all the difference in the world, and when we affirm him or encourage him first before we just um, ask for him to change, I think that that helps. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're single today and you're not married, you might be thinking, okay, none of this applies to me. I think that these principles apply to every relationship in our lives. Everyone is worthy of respect. Everyone deserves respect. And so we can apply these principles um, to this. But anyways, also, and if your husband is not a believer, um, you're still responsible to do what you're called to do. And that's hard because if your husband doesn't know the Lord, um, he probably doesn't have any of the fruit of the Spirit that uh, hopefully Christians have. But First Peter 3, 1, it says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. So if you'll do what you're called to do, you might be the very tool that the Lord uses to save your husband and bring him to Christ. So even if um, you feel like he doesn't deserve that respect, he does because it's what you're called to do. Take him away from the equation. It's what God has placed a calling on all of our lives um, as women to do. It's a calling that he's given us. So anyways, my encouragement today is that you would honor and obey God's word because it's his word. It's his authority. It's the calling, again, that he's placed on our lives to respect our husbands. And we just want you guys to know that we're here to help in any way that we can. If we can pray with you, if we can um, counsel you as the best of our ability, we'd be happy to, to do that. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Just know that none of us are perfect. And that's why we need Jesus, right? And so maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, I don't know this Jesus guy, so that's probably why my marriage is going down the tube. Listen, you can change that. Today, you can give your life to Jesus Christ, and he can change your life, and he can change your marriage. Here's the thing. Some of you guys are thinking, why can't we get past this? Why can't we move forward in our marriage? Why can't I get past my past? Listen, it's only through the power of Jesus Christ that you can do that. 
And so some of you are trying to fight a battle against, you know, losing your marriage or losing your spouse on your own. You're trying to fight it on your own. The only way that you're going to conquer the devil, the only way that you're going to make it and go all the way in your marriage is to have Jesus Christ in your life. That's the only way that I can forgive her. It's the only way that she can forgive me is through that power. And so maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. You've never given your life to Christ. Listen, Jesus came to this earth born of a woman, and he died on a cross so that you can have eternal life. And so you may be here today, and you may be thinking, how do I accept him into my life? Listen, you give him your heart. It's a simple act, but he paid the price. He said, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you say, well, what does that mean? It means that I have to confess him and say, Lord, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I'm tired of living on my own. I'm, to, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I want to give you my life. And you confess him as your Lord and Savior, and you believe in him. It's not just enough to know it here, right? I mean, a lot of people die and go to hell about by 18 inches. The 18 inches is from your heart to your head. It's about 18 inches. People get it here, but they don't ever get it here. And there's a difference. You can confess Jesus, you can confess this, you can confess that, all that stuff. But if you don't have it here, it's not meaningful. It's not the real deal. And so you've got to believe it in your heart and you've got to allow him to change you. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, you know what? I've never accepted Jesus into my life. I've never given him um, all of my heart. I've gone to church, I've done that thing, I've even read my Bible every now and then, but I've never given him my life. Listen, you can do that right now. Even in your chair, as I'm talking, you can pray a prayer of confession to the Lord and you can say it. Maybe this is what you need to say, just in your heart. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't do this on my own and I need you to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Lord, become the boss of me. Become the guide of my heart. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I believe in you. Listen, maybe you just prayed that. If you did, listen, we want to we know about that so that we can encourage you, we can build you up, we can get you the tools that you need. We can walk alongside of you so that you can grow in your new walk with Christ. And so if you just prayed that prayer, here's all we ask. You may be thinking, well, how do I let you know? Fill out that orange card that was on your chair, put it in one of these yellow buckets, and we will contact you. It's that simple. We don't have to have a 30-minute counseling session today. We can talk to you at a later time, or we can talk to you today as well. Maybe you say, Bo, I don't want to fill out a card. Here's another option. If you have a cell phone, you can text your name to the number on the screen as you leave today. You don't have to text anything else but your name, and then we will contact you. Please do not walk out of here making a life-changing decision without sharing it with somebody. Because we are here to help you and encourage you and to help you grow. And so that's why we want to know. And so again, maybe you're here today and you just prayed that. Maybe you're here today and you're a wife or a soon-to-be wife. You're a woman 
and you struggle with respecting your husband, you struggle maybe with respecting anybody, you have a problem with authority, whether it's a woman or a man, you just kind of buck the system. Listen, God can change that in your life. And he can give you the love for your husband. If that's the case, he can give you the love for people maybe that have done you wrong, that you need to honor them. And so he wants to change you today. And maybe you just need to confess that and say, Lord, show me how to respect my husband. Show me what that looks like. Help me to apply the truths that Heather shared with me today so that my marriage can go all the way. I pray that you'll, you'll, you'll commit to doing that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. Next week, we're going to talk to the men. So men, come on back and we will see what God wants us to do in our marriage. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share you the truth of your word. I thank you for the opportunity to, um, to expose the lies of the world and to share truth with people that need to hear it, which is all of us. And so, Lord, today, as, as the women have heard this message, and even the men, may you change our lives so that we can honor each other and glorify you. And may we give you all the glory for that. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com. Or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.